Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this is episode 142. Update. Things are good. Made it through Hurricane Adalia with no issues, thank God. I was probably more worried than I was willing to admit. The night before the storm was, you know, forecast to hit, the news was reporting possible tornadoes in my area. And so I, that night going to bed, I was a nervous wreck. I knew that there was a spot in my home that was safe, you know, where I could go in case of a tornado. But I kept thinking like, okay, I can get myself there, but am I going to be able to get the cats in there too? And because I was worried, I couldn't sleep. And I was just laying in bed. I was awake. Last time I looked at the clock, it was after midnight. And I had to get up for work the next day. So finally, I fall asleep. And I'm asleep for a few hours. And all of a sudden, the weather alarm on my phone went off. And it's never done it before. I didn't know what it was. It was like, it was like, those air raid sirens. And, and if you're old enough to remember, I mean, I was pretty young when they were still doing it, but they would do it in school and it would be like a drill. And somehow they thought that if we got under our desks or leaned against the wall, that that would keep us safe from a nuclear blast. But anyway, that's what it sounded like to me. And I jumped out of bed. I had no idea what the noise was, where it was coming from. I was confused. I was sort of spinning around in a circle. And it was like 3 a.m. And I grabbed Evie off the bed because she sleeps with me. So I grabbed poor Evie off the bed. I start looking around for Oliver. I grab my, my phone and I'm, you know, like walking out of my bedroom to, to try to get to the safe spot. And all of a sudden I looked down at my phone and it was just an alert. <laughs> it was basically a test a drill at 3 a.m. It wasn't even a severe storm watch or tornado watch. I mean, I mean, that's all it was, was a watch. It wasn't a warning. Uh, and by now, I mean, yes, I'm relieved, but I am also flooded with adrenaline. There was no way I was going back to sleep. So, and I was still worried that even though this was just like a test, that there might be like a tornado watch alarm that goes off. So I didn't even bother trying to go back to bed. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's kind of stupid because I grew up in Western New York and every year, every winter, there is, you know, forecasted winter storm and you have hyperbolic weather forecasters who are making a big deal about it. And yet I still fell for it. For days, the local news down here was reporting a pretty significant weather event, if not a tornado, at least a very serious tropical storm. And it turned out to just be kind of windy. <laughs> I didn't lose power. I didn't even lose the internet, which can sometimes happen even just during a rainstorm. And I, I was grateful that it wasn't as bad as they were predicting, at least not for Jacksonville. I know that there are some areas on the west coast of Florida that were hit really hard. Uh, we were lucky. So, 
And now, by the time you're hearing this, I hope you all had a good and safe Labor Day weekend. I spent it (laughs) cleaning my apartment. And then I took what I like to call an International Day of Beauty, which means nothing. There's nothing international about it. It just makes me laugh to call it that. But it is something that I like to do about once a month. You know, it's when I take the day and I do things like I dye my hair, I give myself a proper manicure, I do all the extra skin care like dermaplaning and epilating and I do the face masks and all that stuff. It takes hours and I love every minute of it. I take my time. It's really relaxing, you know, and then when you're done, like you could to see the benefits of it. And yes, I do Duraplane. And I've been doing it for years. The funny thing is, you know, peach fuzz on your face, you know, hair on your arms, you know, because I use an epilator on my arms. It's all completely natural. And I never notice it on anyone else, which tells me that they probably don't notice it on me. But I notice it on me and I don't like it. So I guess what I'm saying is if it bothers you, change it. Otherwise, live your life. But I highly recommend the International Day of Beauty. An update on the barkeeper's friend. I found something else that it works great on. If you drink coffee or tea like I do and you have mugs that are stained, this will make them look brand new again. Because I had some mugs that, you know, actually meant a lot to me. They were gifts, but they were really stained to the point where, you know, like I, I couldn't bring them into work or I couldn't use them around other people. I couldn't even like keep them in the cupboard because it was embarrassing. It looked like I, you know, don't wash my dishes properly. But one use with the barkeeper's friend and they look brand new and they are back in rotation. And because I never know if something is as interesting or relevant to you as it is to me, I thought I might mention something that I found recently. Now, I know avocados are polarizing. You either love them or you hate them. I happen to love them. And if you also love them, you know there is a very small window in which to enjoy them at their peak ripeness. So often when I buy them, they go bad before I even get a chance to eat them. And also, I never know how many to buy. But the other day, I saw that Walmart sells individual cups of mashed avocado. And it's just avocado, nothing else. No preservatives, no additives, just mashed avocado. And I'm sure other stores sell this too. Walmart was just the place where I happened to find it. It is six perfectly proportioned, perfectly ripe cups of mashed avocado for around five bucks, which may be more expensive than me just buying a few ripe avocados, but you know, you take your chances there. But often I'm throwing away a few. So for me, it's actually more cost effective to buy them in these little cups. And I saw on Instagram uh, a few days ago, I don't know, I don't know how you guys, uh, another polarizing topic, Bethany Frankel. I happen to love her. I know many don't. Uh, I follow her on Instagram and she was showing, um, she used an everything bagel and she dug out like a little tunnel or trough, you know, removed a lot of the extra dough from from the center of the bagel and toasted it and then filled that with avocado and a little bit of the everything but the bagel seasoning. And I've been doing that, but I've also been adding like a little 
um, a little bit of the onion and chive cream cheese, you know, just a, a little bit kind of a, a thin layer between the bagel and the avocado so that the bagel doesn't get so mushy from the avocado. Ooh, that is really good. That has been my breakfast for the past four days. And I just with my with my next Walmart order, I will be getting more bagels and more cups of mashed avocado because it's it's so easy and it's delicious. So if you like it, I encourage you to try it. TV podcast recommendations. I finally have a new podcast that, that I've been listening to. Actually, it's new to me. It's not new. It's called the Mr. Ballin Podcast, and it describes itself as the strange, dark, and mysterious delivered in podcast format. And Mr. Ballin, it's M-R-B-A-L-L-E-N. I've listened to about, oh, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 episodes so far. I did something unusual this time. I started with the most recent instead of going back to the oldest and moving forward. I don't know why. just decided to do it that way. Um and that's another good thing about this. There's, they're all, each episode is its own story. So, you know, you don't have to listen in order. But it's, I like it so far. Um, there's not so much, at least with the episodes that I've listened to, not so much strange, dark, and mysterious as it is true crime. And many of the episodes are true crime stories I was, all, all, you know, I was already familiar with. But... I don't mind re-listening to them on this podcast because the host, John Allen, a.k.a. Mr. Ballin, he's pretty good at telling a story. Like, he's not, like, over-the-top and salacious, but he's also not dull and boring and monotone. Like I said, it's not new. There's about 150 episodes out so far, and they're each about 30 minutes, so very easy to binge. I like it. And bonus, if you listen on Amazon Prime, it's ad-free. For TV, I watched a couple of psychological thriller movies, one that I thought was going to be good, and one that I honestly just put on so that there was something playing in the background while I took a nap. The one that I thought was going to be good, just based on the trailer, is called Hypnotic. It's on Peacock. It's also available on Prime, but if you have Peacock, you can watch it for free. Prime, you actually have to pay to rent it. It stars Ben Affleck, who plays a detective trying to find his missing daughter. And William Fickner plays a guy who seems to be able to control people's actions through mind control. It kind of reminded me of that movie from years ago, you know, um, the one with Denzel Washington and John Lithgow called Ricochet. Of uh, that was a really good movie. This was not. Somewhere about two-thirds of the way through, Hypnotic loses its way, and by the time you get to the end, it feels like they just didn't know how to wrap it up. After 90 minutes of tension and confusion, the ending feels disjointed. It also felt like I was just watching Bruce Wayne as a New York City detective. And maybe that's because I just watched The Flash last week. But I think from now on, I'll just stick to Ben Affleck in movies that are lighter, like The Tender Bar or Air. I like him better in those. Then after that was over, I was disappointed and ready for a nap. And so then I put on the second movie. And this one is called Solace. It's a 2015 movie starring Jeffrey Dean Anderson, Anthony Hopkins and Colin Farrell. 
Hopkins plays a psychic who aids the FBI in finding a serial killer. It has enough twists and turns to keep you interested, but not so many that you end up getting dizzy. I really liked this movie. I especially liked Anthony Hopkins in this movie. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I didn't even mind that I skipped my nap. All right, guys, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So last week, I had a day when I was thinking about calling in sick to work. It was the day of the storm, and I had had very little sleep, thank you, weather alert, and I was feeling kind of anxious. And I just didn't want to deal with work while I was worried about a possible tornado or even just a tropical storm. But because I always feel guilty about calling in sick when I'm not really sick, I didn't do it. I told myself that it was just eight hours and I could get through it and that work would be a good distraction instead of just, you know, me pacing around my apartment with imagined impending doom. And I was right. I made it through the workday with no issues. Later that night, I started thinking about the difference between should and must. And at first, I kind of thought it was the same as, you know, have to versus get to. But that's not quite right. You know, like, you should be polite to strangers versus you must keep yourself safe. Or, you know, sometimes it happens when something turns serious, like, I should lose weight to feel better. And that turns into I must lose weight to feel better because now my weight is affecting my health. But there's also should versus must for other areas of your life, which might seem less serious, but ultimately can do as much damage. I found an article on medium.com. It was written by Ellie Luna, and she puts it this way. She said, Should is how others want us to show up in the world, you know, how how we're supposed to look, what we ought to say, things we should and shouldn't do. But must is different. There are no options and we don't have a choice. Must is who we are, what we believe and what we do when we're alone with our truest, most authentic self. It's our instincts, our cravings and longings, the things and places and ideas we burn for, the intuition that swells up from somewhere deep inside of us. Must is what happens when we stop conforming to other people's ideals and start connecting to our own. Because when we choose must, we are no longer looking for external approval. Instead, we're listening to our own calling from within. So, in other words... Must is why that lawyer in his 30s spent three years writing his first novel only to be rejected by more than three dozen publishers. He honored his calling. He stuck to it and eventually received a yes. And that's why we all know who John Grisham is. There are so many stories like this. People who followed their dreams, who never gave up on themselves because their passion wouldn't allow it, who chose must over should which eventually led to success and happiness. So if choosing must over should is so great, why don't we all do it? Well, there's lots of reasons. Sometimes life's responsibilities get in the way. It would be lovely to pursue our dreams as an artist, but who's going to pay the bills until our, our dreams take off? And 
It's not just finances that keep you from choosing must. It's time and resources and education. You may feel a calling towards selling real estate. Not only do you need the money for the real estate courses and licensing, you also need the time to study and learn. And often choosing the must is the longer, harder road. It's scary. It's a blind leap into the unknown. And if you're anything like me, choosing must over should feels like putting your own needs above everything and everyone else. And that can feel selfish. So, you know, when you when you choose the should, it's because it tends to be the kinder, more responsible option. But it also tends to be putting yourself last on the list. I get it. I've done it too. The other day, I was washing dishes and I was thinking about the difference between should and must. And I was trying to come up with an example of when I pushed fear aside and chose must. And immediately, I thought of this podcast. When I finally decided to just sit down, press record, and release, it was scary. I had no idea who would listen or even why anyone would listen. I mean, who am I? I'm nobody. And three years later, I'm still here. I'm still doing it. It's become a part of me. I don't even think about it. It's not a burden. It's not a responsibility. It's just something I do. It's my creative outlet. I just had so much I wanted to say and no one to say it to because COVID. I wonder how many shoulds turned into must after COVID. So I chose the must and I created the podcast. Then I had this thought. If my circumstances were not what they were at the time, would I still have done it? And the answer, without a doubt, is no. It was because I was alone with no one to stop me or judge me or maybe try to talk some sense into me that I was able to take that blind leap. I make it sound like it was a split second decision, but it wasn't. I had thought about it for weeks. I went back and forth, made all the plus and minus lists in my head, ran through all of the worst case scenarios. But you know what I didn't do? For the first time in my life, I didn't ask anyone else's opinion. I had enough negativity running through my own head. And I knew that if I had even one slightly less than supportive outside voice, I would cave. Looking back, I think that was the pivot point of my life. You know, the moment when the timeline of your life splits. We all have them, you know, the, the before the event and the after the event, whatever the event is. Once I started doing the podcast every week, I noticed other areas of my life where I felt more confident to do things just for me. I moved into a nicer apartment. I left a cushy job for something more challenging. I sold my car, probably one of the scariest things I've done. One step into the unknown and seeing that nothing catastrophic happened gave me the confidence to make other changes. Later that same day, I was sitting on my couch watching TV, thinking about how different my life is today. 
and I had a second realization. Being alone these last few years has turned me into a more authentic person. I'm more me because my, the only approval I seek is my own. Even working from home, I no longer feel the need to impress my coworkers with how I dress or what I do with my hair that day. I'm completely comfortable putting on shorts and throwing my hair in a haphazard ponytail and just getting to work. In my previous life, you know, the pre-podcast portion, I would have seen this as kind of lazy, you know, not putting in the effort, but not anymore. Now, it just kind of reminds me of when I was little, when I was more concerned with getting out of the house to play and enjoy the day. I didn't care that my hair was a mess or I was wearing the same shirt I wore the day before, only this time backwards and inside out so it looked fresh and clean. I realized that maybe that's been the point of all of it. Maybe I needed this time by myself in order to find myself. I'd gotten so lost in the opinions or perceived opinions of others And I fought it for a long time. I told you before that I was worried that I might become too isolated, that maybe I spend a little too much time talking only to my cats. But I realized the other night that maybe being alone made it possible for me to put myself first because there was no one else for me to concentrate on. Maybe that's the lesson. Remember when I said there was a correlation between I have to and I get to and should versus must? They're both mindset shifts. When you change the things you should do to the things you must do, something shifts in your brain. Should is casual. Must is urgent. I should explore new ways to be more creative is more of a passing thought. It lasts clarity and decisiveness. It it makes it easier to put on the back burner. Changing it to, I must explore new ways to be creative. And suddenly, you find yourself discovering new ways all around you. You've put your intention out there and the universe will reveal ways for you to achieve it. I recently saw a clip, Jennifer Aniston, saying that, When you shift the way you talk about things, it changes the way you think about them. And I know that sounds backward. You know, usually it's the other way around. But think about it for just a moment. If you talk about something as if it's already happened, your mind will find ways to make it happen because it's what our minds do. We create order out of chaos. Think about like one of those magic eye pictures. Once you tell yourself what you're supposed to be seeing, suddenly your brain will shift and you'll see it. When you shift from should to must, it's all about you and your needs. And this is going to feel maybe not so great at first, especially if you're the kind of person who has put others' needs before your own because you'll no longer be seeking external motivation. The inspiration and motivation will all come from within. And don't get me wrong, I know it's not easy to switch from should to must. There are so many real-world obstacles, time, money. Maybe you feel you're 
too old to start something new. But the biggest obstacle is usually fear. Even if you're unhappy in your current circumstances, they're familiar. So maybe you're not spending your days living your dream life, but at least you know what to expect from day to day. Fear keeps you stuck. We tell ourselves all the worst case scenarios and we believe them. We fear not being able to pay our bills or we fear the opinions of others. Maybe they'll think we're crazy or irresponsible. We fear that we'll risk everything and fail. But you know what? Fear is an illusion. Research has shown that most fears never come to pass. 83% of our fears never come true. 14% of our fears we have control over and can change the outcome. Only 3% of our fears is out of our control, but yet rarely becomes reality. Make a list of all the things you fear will happen if you choose must. Then see if you can counteract some of those fears with realistic real-world solutions. After all this talk about should and must, I think it's important to say that a life led by shoulds is not a wasted life. Feeling happy and fulfilled is what's most important, and I'd be the last person to tell you you should live a life of musts. Only you get to decide what makes you happy and brings peace into your life. And always remember that someone else's opinion is only that, an opinion. If you believe yourself capable of more, you don't need their approval. Maybe for you right now, choosing must is just not realistic. You have a job, you have kids, you have responsibilities. You, you can't just abandon all of that to pursue your dream of becoming a singer who tours the world with her band. But that doesn't mean you can't take singing lessons for an hour every week. Or if you can't afford that, you can YouTube lessons in the privacy of say your recording closet. Just spending a little time working towards your dream or your must is enough to motivate you and feed your soul. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 142. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, My So-Called Midlife Podcast, and like the Facebook page, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at My So-Called Midlife Podcast. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. The second part is the important part. You can email me with questions and topic suggestions at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, love you. Bye.